what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. An interview with Bucks rookie running back Rashad White is up on the page right now. But more importantly, you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He is the one, the only, Len Martez. What's up, man? OTAs. That's where we at in the Bay. You know what I'm saying? We're doing the rap thing two weeks in a row. <laughs> Until we get to the regular season, we got stuff to talk about. I might as well rap. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. 2022, I'm coming with the new stuff. So, yes, rookie minicamp is in the books. Now OTAs are taking place over at the Advent Health Training Center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not a ton of huge headlines coming out of, of minicamp or uh, OTA so far. The Bucks did sign three of the rookies that they invited for uh, tryouts at rookie minicamp. I mean, it remains to be seen if they're going to make the team, but they did sign three of the tryout players. But how I want to attack this today is a little di- from a little bit of a different angle. Uh, we were on a bit of a hiatus when Bruce Arians retired and Todd Bowles took over as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And these are the first big practices for Todd Bowles to be in charge of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Len, how I want to attack this today is I want to talk about maybe the differences and how this team might look and how this team is going to be ran moving forward with Todd Bowles at head coach versus how it was with Bruce Arians. Okay. Are we talking offense or defense? Just the team as a whole. Okay. Let's start with this. Different personalities when it comes to Bruce and Todd. Totally different personalities. Certainly there's moments where Todd Bowles and his time here as defensive coordinator has certainly shown a side of, let's just say, uh, intensity. But for the most part, he's pretty laid back. That's not Bruce. You might find him on his golf cart riding around OTAs, rookie minicamp, practice. But that's not Bruce. Bruce is very direct. He's straightforward. And he uses a lot of four-letter words. That's not Todd Bowles. The thing about and the difference for me when it comes to Bruce being gone and Todd taking over is the defense is going to be the same. Same dude, same guy's going to run it. He may divvy out more responsibilities to others because he's the head man. But think about this. The biggest key for me when it comes to Bruce and Todd taking over is the fact that the offense is solely in the hands of Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. There'll be no quote-unquote supposedly Bruce Harriet scratched out all this stuff. And if it happened, it's not going to happen anymore. The offense is in the seven-time Super Bowl champion's hands and the future head coach, Byron Leftwich. I, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people came out and said because Bowles is the head coach, we're going to see 
more of a emphasis on the running game on offense. And I'll be completely honest, I don't think Bowles has much to any influence over the offensive game plan. He's obviously going to sit down in meetings with with Byron Leftwich, and he probably makes the final decisions in terms of you know whether to go for it on fourth down. That game type, day. yeah, that's that that type of deal. But I I completely agree with you that the biggest difference is going to be that this offense is completely in the hands of Leftwich and Brady. And it's going to put a little bit more of a microscope on on Byron Leftwich, and I do necessary. I do think that this could be a good thing if, based on what we heard the relationship with Brady and Byron has been since he's been here. I will be interested to see if there is a little bit less aggressiveness because of how Bruce was, you know, very much into the down the field passing game. Obviously, they had to go back on that a little bit with Tom Brady based on what Tom was Tom was used to. So I want to see how much of Bruce's influence, because that's who Byron learned under as far as coaching goes, is Bruce Arians. So I want to see how much of that influence is still there or if we see closer, if we veer closer to what we saw with Brady in New England. Two things. Number one is when Todd Bowles met with the media at OTAs this week, he was asked about the fact of having bounce, right? Running game versus the passing game. You know what his answer was? Winning. That's what his answer was, okay? You mentioned the fact that, ah, some people might say they might run the ball more, he might protect the defense a little more. And he wants to win. And as he stated in his answer to the question, if he's got to run at 30 or pass at 40, or pass at 40, or run at 30. Bottom line is, scoreboard, end of the game, winning. That's number one. Number two is, you bring up a good point when it comes to Byron Leftwich and the focus being on him now moving forward if what we say is right when it comes to the offense. And that's this. What are the things we hear about guys not getting head coaching jobs like Eric Bieniemy? The excuses are, oh, is he really running the offense? Mm-hmm. Is it Andy Reid who's having the calls, who's game planning everything? Well, that's not the case or will be the case in Tampa, okay? All the success that happens moving forward, if and when it does, offensively, is going to be on Byron Leftwich. There may be some skeptics who might say, well, you're doing it with Tom Brady. But ultimately, again, he's going to be the guy, the offensive coordinator, that's going to be in the ear of Tom Brady every Sunday when the game is going on. It's one thing. It's one thing to have the head coach like Andy Reid on your side, like Eric Bieniemy has. And and again, this is not me. This is skeptics saying, oh, well, you know, Andy Reid's probably – probably, you know, having a big influence on Sundays when the, when the game's actually going on. Well, I'll tell you what, Ty Bowles won't be having that type of influence. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, he'll say, let's go for it on fourth down. It's fourth and one, let's go for it. Or let's punt, whatever it is, those type of decisions. But when it comes to the actual plays in the game, offensively, when it's second and seven, when it's third and four, that's Tom and that's Byron Leftwich. 
I completely I completely agree with that. And having Tom Brady as a leading reference when you're uh, when you're going and interviewing for these head coaching jobs is not a bad thing to have either. But speaking of that, in the success that's on Leftwich, and you mentioned Leftwich being a future head coach, just want to rewind to the original decision. Do you think it was, do you think the Bucks made the right move in making Bowles the head coach as opposed to Leftwich? I'll say first why I think that it might not necessarily have been the right move. Yes, Bowles has the experience. He's the veteran guy, has you know, the he's led a team before. He's been the, the CEO, overseen everything. But if you're in a situation where you have a young quarterback that you still might be trying to mold as your quarterback of the future, when your Hall of Fame greatest of all time quarterback retires, and if you're an offensive coordinator who has been the only offensive coordinator that that young quarterback has known in the NFL – could possibly take a head coaching job at the same time. I don't love that. And I do think based on what we've seen, what we especially saw in this last interview cycle, I think Leftwich is still the more intriguing candidate around the NFL because teams are just hiring offensive guys. That's that's my only skepticism in that and why I might have leaned more Leftwich because I think in the long run, losing Leftwich would hurt more than losing Bowles. You're right. Did you hear me? I said you're right. Man, this is like two times in three weeks. Goodness. Like I said, a broke <laughs> clock is right twice a, t- twice a day. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure you heard me. I said it twice. There you are, broke clock. Um, here's the thing. You're talking about 2023 and moving forward. Bucks aren't here that for that, dude. Yeah. Tom Brady. It's unfinished business. It's a team that you look at the division, you look at the conference. I mean, they're the favorites to win a division. They're at least top three, top five in the conference. Are the Bucks better equipped? But are the Bucks better equipped to win a Super Bowl this year with Bowles at head coach as opposed to Leftwich? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because Bowles wouldn't be here. I don't think I don't think Bowles would be your defensive coordinator. And see, now you're leaving you're leaving the unfinished business. And 2022 and Tom Brady's last year in the hands of a first-year coach. But not only that, he's got to go figure out that defense and who he's going to have his, be his defensive coordinator. You're talking about multiple changes as opposed to maybe one. And yeah. that is, again, the defense is in the hand of Todd Bowles. That doesn't change. The one change is, is that the final say far as the game plan is concerned, is on Tom and Byron Leffert. That's the only change. Your way, whether right or wrong, would have caused more changes than Todd Bowles taking over and trying to get this team to complete their unfinished business. So I want to talk about a couple of news items coming out of OTAs and tied to each side of the ball. And I mentioned Kyle Trask, so I want to talk about that. We had, we debated all last season about what the Bucks should be looking for out of Kyle Trask as a rookie. Coaches have come out and said that Kyle, Rask, Kyle Trask is going to get meaningful reps during OTAs this year. Something you and I were there last year at the Advent Health Training Center. 
Kyle Trask was basically scout team or third or fourth team offense. This year, that doesn't seem to be the case. I'll phrase it to you this way. If Tom Brady were to retire or leave the Bucks at the end of the 2022 season, what should the Bucks be looking for out of Kyle Trask this season that would make them feel comfortable with him moving forward? Like, what should the goal... What are... In Leftwich, Jason Light's mind, what are the goals for Kyle Trask this season? Know the playbook. He's not going to play. You can't. Yeah, you don't want him to. Well, that that that's the thing. Like if you're you're talking about either of those guys taking snaps in 2022, other than victory formation, that's a problem because that means 12 got hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to put it out there, but that would be the case if one of those two guys played extensively in 2022. That's number one. Know the playbook. There's going to be things that we don't see. When I say we, I mean the fans and the media that are going to prove inside that building that he's ready. Inside that building. When I say inside, I mean inside the the meetings that they go through. That's key too. See, a lot of people don't think in those terms when it comes to developing in the NFL. That's part of the process. Okay? You got to wait your turn. I don't care what position it is. You got to wait your turn, whether you're Joe Tryon's a Yanker, whether you're Kyle Trask, whether you were Ronald Jones. Sit in that classroom and do what you're supposed to do. Learn what you're supposed to learn so that when your number is called, whether it be because of injury or because someone left, you're ready to roll. That's what Tyler Trask has to, has to do. He has to prove that he's ready when his time comes. And as it is right now, look, last year, basically his freshman year, comes in, woo, whirlwind, right? Coming in as a rookie, everything's spinning around him. As you mentioned, scout team at the most. So he's trying to get everything, on, you know, trying to figure things out, Right? This year, second year, should know a lot more. Game plan is still the same. Figure it out. The offense is still the same. Figure it out. Move forward. Progress. That's what the Bucs need to see when it comes to moving forward 2023 and Kyle Trask. But I'll tell you this much. And this is just me moving forward 12 months from now. It's going to be a big risk for us to say that he's number one in the depth chart moving forward without taking any snaps in the NFL. I'll say this. We're still a couple of months away, but I want to see him get more meaningful playing time in the preseason. I want to see see him play second. And maybe in that last, the the third preseason game, which used to be the dress rehearsal game, let him play the whole dang game. Like, I don't think Blaine Gabbert and, or Ryan Griffin's going to gain anything from getting a ton of playing time in the preseason. Let Trask get the majority of it. Not only do they not gain anything, you already know what they are. You already know what they are. As much as you want to claim Kyle Trask as being a future quarterback or having the opportunity to be the future quarterback, we don't know that. I want to find out. And they don't know that. So when opportunities like this in the preseason, you get to you get to put through what you learned in the classrooms and what you learned in 
on practices, whether it be the joint practice sessions with the two teams they're going to do it with this year, okay, with Tennessee and, and Miami, and whatever it is you learned in OTAs because you're in them and training camp, and you apply that in actual competition versus other teams who other defenses who might actually be in the league as opposed to going up against fourth stringers. So now I mentioned that's going to, that's how we're attacking the offensive side of the ball. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. And Antoine Winfield spoke to the media and talked about some of his new teammates in the secondary, Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal, the Bucks bringing in a veteran presence in the secondary after losing uh, Jordan Whitehead to free agency. Lynn, we talked about it when the Bucks lost Whitehead to the Jets, how much we thought that that loss could hurt could hurt the Bucks, and the fact that maybe other than Mike Evans, he might have been the best player on this team in the playoff in the two playoff games last year. How do you think the secondary looks different this year with Ryan and Neal those additions and are one of those guys the leader of this secondary or is it still the guy you just paid a ton of, ton of money to in Carlton Davis? It's deeper. I'll say that much. It's deeper, not only from the safety position, but also Logan Ryan can play safety, can play corner. So that gives you a little more versatility. I personally think that Carlton Davis, although you might may not see him at the level that Levante David runs this defense or leads this defense, I think that Carlton Davis is the leader of that of that. Uh, room when it comes to the DBs are concerned. Eventually, it could be a guy like Antonio Winfield who has the personality to do that. But right now, in my opinion, it's Carlton Davis, who yearly, each year, as he gets in this league, guess what he's doing? Look up the numbers, dude. Whether it was two years ago against DeAndre Hopkins versus the, the Texans, or whether it was last year locking down other receivers, slowly but surely, you put this guy in a position to be productive, and you gave him that money because he's productive, because he's doing what he's supposed to do, and he's one of the better corners in this league, one of the more underrated corners, corners in this league. You don't hear a lot about him, dude, but guess what? When he was on the free agent market, there were teams looking at him, and there were teams considering the payment. and that's why he got the bucks from the bucks. Speaking of the secondary, Former New York Giant and Carolina Panther James Bradbury, when he was let go by the Giants, a lot of Bucks fans were clamoring for the Bucks to add him to the secondary. He ends up signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. You watch a lot of New York Giants football there, Len Martez. Would that bit have been a smart addition for the Buccaneers, or are they fine to stand pat with where they are at the cornerback position? I'm good with the youth. We tried. We we, we tried the. Um... The free agent market last year, when I say we, the Bucks tried the free agent market last year, all of a sudden I'm part of the, the front office when I say we. <laughs> but the Bucks tried the free agent market last year when they came to cornerbacks and they signed Richard Sherman. And certainly Sherman and Bradbury are not the same age, and Bradbury probably has a little more left in the tank. But my point is, is that you're looking at, uh, at committing <clears throat> on the open market, the guy, get, the guy was going to get somewhere between 7 and $10 million, right? You're going to justify that to that guy when you have Murphy Bunting 
and Jamel Dean becoming free agents next year. And take care of your own business, man. These are the guys you put value, value into when you drafted them. And who, by the way, this is a key about, about drafting. And that, actually, this is in every sport. Whether it's the NFL, the NBA, every sport. You have a scouting department. You also have GMs that make that final decision as far as who they're going to draft. And then you have players like Carlton Davis, who was a second-round pick. We, we do that draft. You think he'd be in the second round? Hell no. How about Chris Godwin? We do that draft. You think he'd be in the second round? Hell no. Kudos to Jason Light for finding these guys. But guess what? Jason Light found these guys and drafted them, scouting department. All that's in his hands. But understand something. It's not only about who drafted them. It's about that player who developed, <laughs> okay? Giannis Antetokounmpo was a 15th 15 pick in the first round, okay? Redo that draft. He wouldn't be the 15th player taken in that draft. But it wasn't just because, oh, the Bucks found him. Oh, the Bucks general manager should be going to the Hall of Fame. And because Giannis developed into the beast that he is. That goes the same for Chris Godwin for developing into one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and a part of Arguably the best tandem wide receiver in the NFL. That's how it works. I love the fact that scouting departments and general managers get the credit when they draft guys, but understand something, okay? As great as it was that the Patriots drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round, and they, <laughs> okay, look like they look because 12 put in the work and became the greatest quarterback of all time. It wasn't because the scouts found him and said, oh, we're going to take this guy, Tom Brady, who led the Michigan Wolverines to come back wins over there. Oh, he's going to be an off. Oh, he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Hell no. That you wouldn't dude, be picking him in the sixth round if you exactly. said that. That dude developed into the Hall of Fame quarterback. My point in bringing all this up, and I'll bring it back to the cornerbacks and signing a guy like Brad Bradbury, Bradbury is the fact that, you got your guys. You got Murphy Bunting. You got Jamel Dean. They're sitting in your defense developing. And you know what they've told you? When they're healthy, they're productive. And you know what they got on their finger? Ring. Take care of your own. I'll close with this, Lynn. Over under one half of USFL football you've watched this, this spring <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny <laughs> we've talked Ooh. about the xfl before i just I, bruh the only way i'm watching is if i'm getting on fan duel draft kings and i'm putting something in um, and i haven't so i'm not watching so, i'll say this i think it's a horrible decision horrible under. decision that they played all of their games in birmingham if you look if you turn on one of those games it looks like that we're are like that we have like full COVID restrictions are and are playing in front of empty stadiums. Like I understand it's a cost thing, but like after the first weekend, your product just looks less than on, on, on TV. You've got these big TV deals and you're playing in front of empty stadiums. Here's the thing. Fine football country, dude. Playing. I mean, it's, it's good weather out, right? I mean, you've got, you've got, States and towns that draw 
thousands on Friday nights for high school football. And Alabama does that. And if there was just Hold that on. team in Birmingham, that's Hold fine. On. Hold on. Hold yeah. On. Yeah. It's no disrespect to Birmingham. It's still Birmingham. Yeah. Put it where the populace is at, dude. Put it in put it in Texas. Put it in PA somewhere. Put it where again where you've got people who Sniff football because they just like to see football. It's in Birmingham, dude. Come on, man. You couldn't be better than that. And when you've got four opportunities to go watch it each weekend, it's just, it's just not gonna, not gonna sell. But uh, interesting. I mean, it's the Rock and the XFL are just going to have a leg up just because it has the Rock attached to it. And they announced this week. They signed their TV deal with ESPN and ABC, and then they already have that deal with the NFL to try new things. So I think that we talked about this a while ago when the talking about the XFL and when that NFL deal came out, what would it take for a spring league to actually gain some traction? And I think having the Rock, having the association with the NFL gives the XFL a much better chance than what we've seen with the USFL so far this season. I don't think that they're going to be having 30,000, 40,000 fans every game, but I think that me, myself, I think I'll probably watch more than 10 minutes of XFL football when it comes back next year than what I've watched with the USFL. Enjoy. Like I said, <laughs> unless I'm getting on one of those, one of those sites, one of those fantasy sites. And I need a Saturday something to do on a set. So, uh, also, remember something. I mean, I, I'm a sports fan, but dude, I got NHL hockey. I got NBA playoffs. I yep. mean, I'm I'm in, man. I'm, I'm 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 watching. I'm watching games. And no disrespect to that to those leagues, but I'm watching games that really matter. At the, I mean, like the possession of hockey games. I mean. In a matter of five seconds, that's a playoff game, dude. Yep. That's how quickly it changes. That's what I love. I'm watching. I'm watching. Got to start on right now, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm watching hockey, and I'm watching the NBA. I'm watching Luca take the take Goodness teams gracious. down. Okay, I'm, I'm watching the the recreation of Larry Bird. So again, back to your XFL, USFL. The Rock can go out there, he and he can people elbow everybody he wants in the stands. He can probably he probably take a fifteen minutes and people elbows everybody that's gonna be there because they're gonna be about five or ten people. <laughs> it it hey. won't be it won't be millions and the millions of the Rock's fans. <laughs> hey, I mean, I still I, I still wouldn't be shocked if uh, if your phone rings and Anthony Becht uh, is calling you to ask you to be the strength and conditioning coach of whatever team he ends up being the head coach. For. I don't know, man. I just, I ran I ran three miles today with twenty with a twenty pound vest on. It felt like it felt like I was ninety years old, man. Hey, at least you're running today. I'm. 31 and I think I threw out my back so that, that, that's you, what that's where we're going get yourself right some goodies man and some evil blue, 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 whatever that stuff is called rub it on 
hopefully my back will be in better shape next week. Len will keep running with it with, with his vest on. Uh, we'll be in much better shape on, on next week's edition of Downey Martez. Until then, check out BucksNation.com. They're going to have all the latest news coming out of OTAs and all of that on the website on a daily basis. Uh, follow Len on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Click that subscribe, that plus button, that thumbs up. Helps more people find the podcast. And if you are so inclined, leave us a review. Let us know what you think we're doing well, what we might need to improve on. We always want to hear feedback on the show. Until next week, he is Len Martez. I am Trey Downey. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.